Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the PH Journals. Um, just thank you so much for everybody that's tuned in. I mean, I did my first solo episode last week and the response I've got back from it has been absolutely incredible. So it's, I'm so stoked that I don't have to rely on guests and of course I want them on the show and uh, all that jazz, but uh, yeah, it's just great just to be able to share with you guys some of the experiences I've had uh, post and during lockdown and just some of the, the reasoning behind my thought process going forward and, and what's planned uh, for the coming future. Of course, I have got guests planned, but due to our wonderful reception here in South Africa and, uh, of course, lockdown regulations, I haven't been able to get uh, as many as what I would like on the show. But there are being a couple planned, and um, I'm hoping in the coming weeks we'll We'll have that all sorted out. But so far, I'm enjoying my Sunday sessions with you guys and just sharing a little bit more about what the South African hunting industry is all about and why it is probably the best conservation tool we have at the moment. So uh, thank you so much for all the support. If you haven't, head along to my YouTube channels, my Instagram, and uh, my Facebook uh, profiles. It's all under the PH journals. And uh, yeah, just hit a like and uh, let the journey begin. Cool guys, well, firstly, without uh, these guys, this all wouldn't be happen happening right now. So uh, yeah, just got to give a big shout out to firstly, Trees and Camo. Uh, those of you that have been following me, I've been using them for some time now and a uh, fantastic set of camos. I'm so stoked to be a, a part of this whole thing and really see a good quality camo come into an industry that's been hungry for one for ages and really grow from strength to strength and being a part of the team is really something special to me and uh, the guys are really producing some awesome results out there and um, yeah the camera holds up to some of our harsh conditions and harsh bush faults so yeah it ticks all the boxes as far as a uh, quality camera is concerned and just so stoked to be a, a part of this magnificent team so big shout out to trees and camera Next up uh, will be Max's tires. I've been using the Razor Mud Terrains now, the mining application for some time, again. Uh, and they've withstood probably all the conditions I've put them through so far. And uh, we've had we've had a bit of snow this past week, and yes, it does snow in South Africa. And uh, yeah, it was just so awesome to see them really test and test them out in some hectic, like, uh, hectic terrain hectic weather conditions so um yeah just they stood up to the test and really really impressed with the the quality of tire that maxis are delivering in our in our region um and the next up is to banana skins i've been using them as my second layer option i used them when i was playing rugby but uh now i'm using them out in the bush vault and uh they work tremendously we sat in a blind i think it was last week wednesday and when the snow was around and it was incredible to just see how well they hold off the cold as far as the the movability is concerned that they really hold up but you know keeping that chill out was was important at that stage and they they did exceptionally well so big shout out to banana skins uh thank you so much for all their support then um finally but last but not least uh Splitting image taxidermy. Guys, I've been sending my, my mounts there for probably the last three years, or last three or four years, and let me just tell you something. And 
I'm a South African, so you don't always expect the same treatment uh, that the overseas market gets because um, obviously they're going to be spending quite a bit of money there. But the Gaza splitting image taxidermy really takes care and it's it's so awesome to see a bunch, their whole team just working to give you the best possible product that you, you're looking in your mouths. And uh, I, I really, I've got to take my hat off to splitting image for just some incredible work besides the artistry i mean the quality of mounts besides all of that just the the attention to your personal details asking you questions keeping the communication going it, it really is an outstanding thing to be a part of so I, I really i've just got to say a very big thank you to splitting image taxidermy they they're probably one of the best taxidermies i've seen as far as quality works concerned and then to top it all off just the attention to detail, just sending you emails and keeping the communication up has been outstanding. And uh, I really, I'm so glad to be a part of the whole splitting image journey. It's it's an incredible taxidermy to be a part of. So a uh, big shout out to tree, uh, to splitting image taxidermy. Then yeah, of course, but not least, my family, my brother, my mom, my beautiful wife and my daughter. Thank you so much for having all the faith in me. I really appreciate it. And uh, just uh, bearing with me through all these tough times, it, it really goes a long way and I appreciate it. So big shout out to them. So guys, without further ado, let's get into the second episode of our Sunday discussion. guys cool so we it's awesome to have these discussions so that i pick a couple of topics and i just run with it just to give the outside perspective on what's actually happening in and around the eastern cape and some parts of south africa but as far as our hunting industry is concerned back home and my reasoning for this is a lot of guys have jumped on my social media platforms and asked a couple of questions and it's it's awesome to be a part of and uh, I just want them to understand a little bit more about our reasoning and and our reason for conservation in hunting back home and um, last week was a hard discussion of the giraffe um, I have received a lot of positive comments a lot more than what I was expecting and I haven't received any negatives so at least my message is getting out there in the correct way and um, I just at the end of the day my goal is to try and not convert but try and just convince people that conservation and hunting go hand in hand and at the moment in my personal opinion hunting is our best conservation tool we have and that's why these discussions come up all the time and I'm just I'm so stoked I get to share a little bit of my knowledge with the industry and why things are working out the way they are. So uh, in today's discussion, um, I'm going to be discussing land. Um, and it's not, it's got nothing to do with polit political side of things with this whole land expropriation and all that sort of stuff. It's not, it's got nothing to do with that. This is more about understanding what what it means to hunt certain land so high fencing compared to uh, free range and all that because i think there's been a mis 
conception of what's been out there in the market. So I'm just going to give you my version and what I, what I have seen that's been happening out there. Um, I don't mean to be negative in any any way. I'm just I'm just giving the facts and I'm just being honest with 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 what I think and what I see. Um, and yeah, hopefully hopefully you guys can grab. A bit of information that's been happening out there as far as, you know, hunting lands, hunting high fences, because I think, uh, especially when I go over to the hunting shows, the 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 high fence story or the high fence question gets thrown a lot around uh, at these shows. And at the end of the day, ultimately, sometimes it's the persuasive factor and it's more times often than not it chases some of the the end clients away and it, it's all just from a misconception completely and we need to get this out there so cool i'm going to lay out a little bit of facts i'm going to read some statements made um and then yeah we can get into a little bit of a discussion thank you so much for all the guys that have sent me questions and this was i got about 10 of these questions about land uh, asked in my social media over the past week. So I thought it was a good topic to bring along for um, our Sunday discussion. Cool. So uh, just some facts and figures for before we get started. Uh, so South Africa consists of almost 114 uh, million hectares of land, and 94% of which is is privately owned um, so the 114 million hectares converts to just over 250 i think it to be the number to be exact is 256 acres 256 million acres of of land in south africa that um that is registered and when i mean by registered it's either privately owned or owned by the state so 77 percent of that is deemed to be privately owned and then obviously the other 23 percent is either unregistered or government owned so there's there's big big land here in south africa uh so yeah uh that's pretty much the the basic numbers that that make up the south african land as far as uh, agriculture and all that's concerned so now <clears throat> In some areas and some provinces, we have got what's called conservancies. Now, conservancies, I'm going to read you, uh, this is from the National Association um, of Conservancies, uh, our version of NASA. <laughs> so I'm just going to read you a little bit of a background, uh, where it all started and what's entitled into the whole thing. So... Um, so the, the association was established in August 2003. Uh, they promote uh, community-driven conservation um, nationally by supporting Provincial Conservancies Association. Uh, they also network with local and international bodies with similar aims. So this has all got to do with conservation in mind. And that's what we're pretty much looking for. Um, so currently, uh, Provincial Conservancies Association have been formed in seven of the nine provinces. Through this network, NASA represents 750 conservancies in South Africa. 
In total, these conservancies own and manage about 3 million hectares of land, which equivalates to about six, six and a half million acres. Um, and it just goes on here to say that KwaZulu-Natal is part of the oldest conservancy. Um, they, they were actually founded in 1981. Um, and then Mpumalanga, Western Cape, Limpopo, and the Eastern Cape followed suit later. Cool. So... My understanding on conservancies is there's these bodies that form and they get together and this is just in a nutshell. It's a lot more detailed than what I'm about to give you, but this is pretty much what sort of happens. So they get together and they negotiate about numbers counted uh, on certain species of animals and what needs to be taken off or managed for the coming season. So uh, some of these conservancies work within the hunting uh, regulations, so hunting season, and then some of the conservancies don't because they fall under the CAE, um, Certificate of Adequate Enclosure. They get to hunt all season long as long as they hunt their managed or their quota that they've been given. So for instance, uh, some of our local conservancies here will get a number of Let's, for instance, kudu, and you'll be allowed to take X amount of bulls off, X amount of females off, no matter which time of the year it is. But that is your quota that you get to take and that you get to take off. On other conservancies, you'll get the same amount of quota, but only being able to take off during hunting season. So, guys, um, that's pretty much conservancies in a nutshell. And for the areas that don't have conservancies, you'll see a lot of the land is managed by high fencing um, or just farmers in hunting season opening up their farms to the hunter coming in and being able to hunt. So, yeah, guys, that's basically how the land works in South Africa as far as hunting is concerned. Um, for myself, I found that Hunting conservancies and being a part of that is a lot better for me because I can see that it's well managed and well looked after and you you guys can personally see some of the quality animals that come out of that area because of the management that's been going on. So to get on to the point about half fencing, so and this is where the misconception comes in. Half fencing seems like a disadvantage. Um for hunters coming in from overseas and they feel that the animal has not had a fair chance of getting out of the half fence and so because the half fence is just mainly the farmers that are that fall out of the conservancy the half fence is just purely there just so that they're more expensive and will look after animals just are a little bit more controlled and trust me, if an animal wants to get out of a certain area, it's going to get out. Uh, there's not a lot of fences that can keep um, any animal from being in there. It does help the farmer just restrict the movement between properties. But trust me, there's always a way and there's always a how. And uh, yeah, that's just part of the how fencing story. So when you come over... Don't get intimidated by the half fence. Um, it really is there just to have the farmer have a little bit of peace of mind that some of his exotic or his really expensive game is staying where he wants it to stay. Um, 
yeah, of course, there are farms out there with breeding patterns, breeding herds, and they are regulated with high fences. Um, and that's just to separate. If you are hunting in these enclosures, um, just make sure that they a decent size and uh, worth a hunt, you know. Um, I still think it's really, really ethical hunting in in a half-fenced area. I really, I don't see an issue with it, um, you know, especially the areas we hunt are vast, vast, vast. I mean, there, there's some enclosures, well, I mustn't call them enclosures, but there, there's some half-fenced properties that or well over 40 to 50,000 acres big and if you're telling me the animal doesn't have a fair chance of getting away in those areas well you know then you've got something coming when you come over to South Africa but uh yeah so guys just to answer a lot of your questions as far as high fencing is concerned it it does it has it's, it's, it's I almost get the impression we get compared to Texas sorry excuse me I almost get the impression we are compared to Texas and it's not great because I, I just feel our land's a little bit more vast than that and uh, our areas are a little bit more open than that um, I've been hunting now for a couple of years and the animals have definitely got a fair chance uh, like I said just just be open and vigilant of where you're going in what you're doing in certain camps um, because there are there are breeding camps out there, and they are unethical. Well, not unethical, but they are a little bit small. But that's just to restrict, um, you know, animals keeping tabs on them, losing young ones, and making sure that you monitor them all the time and 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 accurately. So, just keep tabs on it. I'm hoping that there's no outfitters out there that take you into these smaller camps to hunt. Um, but like I said. If an animal really wants to get out, nothing's going to stop a 300 kg eelin bull tearing through a half fence or anything like that, you know. So, yeah, guys, just um, get the myth of the half fence out, uh, out of the industry. We don't need it there. Uh, it is turning certain customers away. And, uh, yeah, of course, it's not the same as Tanzania um, or Zimbabwe or Namibia or Botswana, wherever the case may be, where they hunt concessions. These, like I said, 90, 94% of South African land is owned, well, uh, 77% of our land is actually owned privately. So, yeah, it's not free reign for everyone, but and that's how we've got to conserve and preserve our animals is, is by managing them correctly. So, um, yeah, just be vigilant. And look, a lot of the guys... Have also thrown this, uh, this. I'm trying to think of the right word for it now, but uh, the stigma of free range. Uh, they've been throwing it out there in the marketplace, and although it is technically free range, it does put a little bit of a negative perspective on the high fencing side of things. Um, but you know, every man to his own, and although. It, you you don't want to try and burn bridges for your neighbor or for your uh, opposition or somebody else in the same industry as you. You want to try and keep it relatively uh, fair across the board. So, yeah, the free range thing, we've got to get it out of our heads. And uh, although it is, but, you know, we've just got to tr try and change it up a bit. And 
yeah, I, guys, again, the whole misconception of uh, high fencing, uh, free range, conservancies, everything gets managed accordingly and gets looked after accordingly and to the best of their ability, to the best so that they can keep using and producing quality animals within that area. Which leads me on to the last topic of our discussion, and that is the lion hunting. So, uh, of course, with what we about, what, what's going on lately in the industry, uh, without the exporting of, of lion trophies to the United States, uh, what is deemed cage hunting or not cage hunting, it should be fair across the board. And, um, you know, they normally say if you're hunting within 6,000 hectares of land, about 12,000 acres of land, you, the lions deemed to have a fair chase and a fair chance, which is 100% correct. Um, I would like to get into the lion discussion separately to this one. I just wanted to bring this point up to state that there have been times that a lot of people have done the unethical thing and hunted lions in small enclosures. It's not great. Uh, it's really not good for our industry. It puts a bad light on us hunters. And uh, from my personal opinion... I honestly think that 6,000 hectares is more than efficient amount of land for the lions to have a fair and equal chase. And I'm saying this because we need lion hunting to come back. It is a controversial topic to, to be bringing up now, but I would like it separate to this discussion. My goal from this is just to understand that people, it will be high-fenced. You don't want lions getting onto a cattle farm, getting onto a sheep farm and just creating absolute devastation because we all know how that goes down. And then, so it will have to be high-fenced and it is ethical, from my opinion. Other people have different views, other people have something else to say. I just feel that that's the best way of managing and looking after our lions as far as hunting is concerned. These... Guys that are out there creating parks and, uh, you know, where you can come and feed the lions and sort of like a petting zoo type thing is not the right way to be going about it because it's unsustainable. We'll By the end of the next five years, if we don't open up lion hunting, we'll have too many lions to be doing that. And, yeah, we'll start seeing some really, really negative things happening. Okay, guys, so to wrap this all up, Private land, conservancies, government land, parks, that's all different. If you are hunting in South Africa, you're either going to be hunting on private land or conservancies. Sorry, sorry, let me reframe that. You're either going to be hunting on private land or private land within conservancies that will be, some will be half-fenced, some will not be half-fenced. Don't be intimidated by the half-fence. And don't think it's unethical. The high fencing is just there either for breeding projects or for the guys that aren't involved in conservancies to keep the animals within their within their area. So yeah, guys, um, to wrap it all up, 
I really think it's ethical. I think, especially in our area, in our in the Eastern Cape, the bushveld is incredible, and most of the game farms I've been on that are high fenced have got some incredible habitat, and I don't see a reason why an animal will be at a disadvantage there. And um, yeah, I just think we need to squash this myth of the half fence. <laughs> but um, yeah, guys, and if you guys have got any other questions, I really I enjoy answering these things and I'm hoping I'm answering them to the best of my ability and my knowledge. If I have missed anything, please don't be offended and just hit me up in the DMs and I'll rectify it when I get back. And um, yeah, I just... From my from my point of view, I just want to get my message across to the rest of the world and just for people to understand a little bit better. Because I think when we get to these hunting shows uh, or we answer on social media or email and stuff, we don't get the message best across. And then the best thing is to do is to have a nice little podcast and have a little bit of a uh, conversation. But again, if I have missed anything or if I haven't labeled the point correctly, please just hit me up in the DM so I can rectify it on next Sunday's show. And uh, yeah, again, if you've got any other questions that you would like to ask about South African or, or African hunting, hit me up. I'll try and answer them as best as possible just to give everyone a better understanding of what's actually going on here. Because at the end of the day, we need you guys now more than ever before. This pandemic's been hard on most of us. And, uh, yeah, without you guys, we don't have a future for next year. So keep that in mind. Um, but, yeah, some interesting things are happening in the market and um, all positive. Uh, we're on level two now on lockdown. And by level one, the borders should be open. And hopefully we can start having some overseas guests coming through and uh, getting the hunting show and the tourists industry back on track and um yeah all positive vibes for 2021 um so yeah guys that's me uh for our little sunday discussion not as long as what i expected it to be but uh yeah i hope i got my points across and um i'm looking forward to next week's one and uh if you haven't yet head along to my well, if you're joining me on my youtube don't forget to subscribe drop a thumbs up leave a comment if you want to have any questions answered and another thing, I'll be launching my uh, my darker episode that I had the privilege of doing and going out last week. Uh, I just want to tell you guys a quick story about it. It was bitterly cold. It snowed in the morning. Uh, we don't get a lot of snow here, but when it does happen, it's, it's like Christmas in July, Christmas in August type vibe. Getting the cameras out, putting the kids in the grass, taking photos. It's, it's so cool to, to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, just... Me and my mate just caught up and we're like, listen, we need to go and try and hook up uh, new hunting spots. And we found a really awesome one and it's part of Graham's. Uh, it's just another one. He's just passionate about hunting and he just really wants to, uh, yeah, just get the word of hunting out there. And he really enjoys it and you can see it in his farm. I mean, you go around there, the blinds are absolutely immaculate. Uh, just every little bit of detail is thought of from sand under your feet to little peepholes in strategic areas, one-way glass. It's, it really is something special to be a part of. And um, 
yeah, I was just so fortunate. But uh, anyway, Bauchi hooked me up and he's like, come, let's go and look for a new, let's go and look at Graham's place for our next hunt. And uh, yeah, we were fortunate to come across a monster darker as far as a, as far as I'm concerned, we'll have a Roland Award. And uh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, I've always learned in power hunting, although I haven't shot my first animal until then. When opportunities like that come across, take them. Because you never know when the next opportunity is going to be. So, uh, yeah, those are the words of my good mate, old Will Nelson, one of the best buyers I've ever seen or been a part of. And, uh, yeah, when the starker came in, missed him the first time, waited another three hours and came back uh, for for a drink of water and I managed to put an arrow in him. So, yeah, I'm so stoked and I can't wait to share the video with you guys. Um, it was something that would be in my memory bank for the rest of my life and I'm, I'm super, super proud of it. And, uh, yeah, of course, I'm going to get him off to splitting image taxidermy to, to be mounted. Um, but, yeah, so, guys, just uh, if you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. The notification will come up of when the dark episode will be released. Uh, go ahead, watch that, drop a comment, uh, whatever the case may be. And, yeah, that's it for our Sunday discussion. Um, I just want to give another big thanks to everybody that's been involved, the whole PH Journals team, uh, everyone that's listened to me on iTunes, Podbean and Spotify. I did understand last week we had a bit of issues uh, with the Spotify app, but my team's on it and uh, it seems to be a... So yeah, guys, uh, from myself, Dylan Love and the whole PH Journals team, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week, same time, same place. Uh, I'll have the next discussion on board and uh, we'll go forward with that. But until then, uh, thank you so much. Have a blessed Sunday. Uh, stay safe. And if you are hunting, happy hunting. And um, yeah, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Cheers.